So, uh, welcome to Pay Tech Talk. This is another special Money 2020 edition. We're at the Money Pot Podcast booth right on the floor of Money 2020. And in front of me, I have who? My name is Sylvia Mensdorf, and I work for FIS. And, you know, I love being at Money 2020. <laughs> this year, it actually feels like we're really back. Last year was kind right of in a, September. Kind of COVID interlude, and it, it was. wasn't as busy. And this year, I think we're all back. You know, funnily enough, COVID caught up with me after two years. Actually, last week, I was in bed with COVID. Oh, I'm sorry. Everybody was like, two people still catch it? I'm like, yeah, yes, they do. It's, it's, a, it's a very uh, real thing. So, what do you do at FIS? So, I run the uh, European Banking Solutions part of FIS, mm-hmm. but I also, so FIS is really one of the biggest fintechs worldwide, yep. the largest merchant acquirer worldwide, and it's really set up into three parts, capital markets, so buy and sell side mm-hmm. uh, of investments and stocks, banking solutions, which is what I run for Europe, which is really three key things, core banking, mm-hmm. we're right. a market-leading core, core banking vendor, card issuing, processing, and payments, so really what I love to do. And then obviously WorldPay, which is the merchant acquiring part of, of FIS. Absolutely. Uh, since we are both based here in the Netherlands, the news came out recently that Accept Giro is not finally. long for this world. Oh, finally. Can finally. you explain what Accept Giro finally. was for so, the, or so is? Accept Giro is, is really when you get a slip. I actually have a, a funny story about Accept Giro. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you know, the Netherlands is actually really good. Uh, they have a very effective payment ecosystem. We do absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and so they, they they actually abandoned checks a very very long time ago. People don't know what checks are, <laughs> and so like I don't know, like 15 years ago, my parents had friends come over from the U.S. They rented a car, they drove around, and then <laughs> a year later they came back and they came back, and they said to my parents, "Oh, you know," they told my parents, yeah, the, the rental company sent us a check for uh, 200 euros, and we thought that was really nice, so we want to cash it. Cash it. Where do we cash a check? My parents went, it's really weird that they send you a check. we don't have these, right? where, 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 where would you cash it? Well, you know, you should go to the post office. So <laughs> these Americans <laughs> went to the post office. They get to the window, and they, they, get to the, they said, could you give us 200 mm-hmm. euros? And she's like, this is not to give you 200 euros. There was an accept euro for them <laughs> to pay a 200 Euro fine. They're like, oh, forget about this. <laughs> <laughs> so they saw the XM Giro. That is a check. great except Giro story. Yeah. You'll never forget that. Never Absolutely. forget that. And so XM Giro is basically a way of paying. Uh, it's basically a paper request to pay. Yep. Yeah, and it worked really effectively in the Netherlands for a very long time. It did. But now with all the digital payment methods, right. the Netherlands has basically agreed to disband it. And, you know, I think the most interesting piece and also why I put this out there on mm-hmm. LinkedIn is it's a great example of a market that is cleaning up its payment ecosystems mm-hmm. because I, I work across Europe and I would say that... When I was little, I wanted mm-hmm. to be an archaeologist, and um, and when so you, did I. yeah, mm-hmm. you're so <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so when you then look at payment architectures and payment payment ecosystems, uh-huh. you can actually do technology archaeology, right? So you go down in layers and layers. I've and never layers. looked at it like that, but it yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, you go down the layers until the '60s, right? And somewhere there, there's an old <laughs> IBM mainframe still running, right? Or something called a short-term system mm-hmm. that a bank or a processor put in there 30 
years ago that I still do uh-huh. this job. And so one of the things that payments is great at is coming up with fantastic innovations. Right. What we're really bad at is kind of cleaning up our legacy because mm-hmm. somebody somewhere is still using that legacy right. and convincing that user to move away from that to the new yep. things. The Netherlands does that. They're, it's not perfect, but mm-hmm. they do it. My recommendation is that other <laughs> countries start doing more of this as well. So what would you say in the whole payments, financial services ecosystem, where does FIS fit in? Where are its biggest opportunities? Well, so FIS is is a big, big player, right? So Pretty the big. largest, the yep. largest merchant acquirer mm-hmm. globally. We have in Europe. We've got a really interesting card right. issuing space, and it's really that combination between acquiring and issuing, mm-hmm. and then bringing open banking and instant payments into that, where you can Absolutely. really build some fantastic use cases for consumers. That's, I think, one space. Mm-hmm where there is a lot of opportunity still to go. And then the other the other space where we're doing a lot of investments is in B2B. Okay. Um, and in the B2B flows, because those are still, when you start going through the, mm-hmm. the flows, I think in the last years, there's been a lot of investment on the consumer side and, Absolutely. and improving That's those flows and, and embedding those flows. On the B2B side, a lot of it still mm-hmm. ends up, you know, translating to paper. And, and coming into that and enabling those flows, order to cash more quickly. And when I say cash, I mean digital cash. Of course. Expediting that, making it easier. Ultimately, that increases margins for everybody. So that's a piece where we're doing a lot of work as well. Okay, great. Switching lanes a little bit. How can fintech be a force for good? Oh, so I'm a big believer in in that, and that's one of the reasons that I'm part of this ecosystem, that that it is a big force for good, because at the end of the day, the more accessible mm-hmm. you make payments, the easier you make payments, the easier you make it to move money, the better ultimately for everybody in the world, world economy. Now, one of the challenges that we all have is, you know, it used to be an alphabet... Uh, an alphabetism that that you you can't read. Right. Uh, now it is really being people that are left behind when it comes to digitalization, and I think this is one of the things that we need to realize. We don't mm-hmm. realize how hard some people find absolutely working with digital uh, yep. things. Right. Not even able to do email, and so and and I think that is the new analphabetism that we need to take care of. But fintech can be a large for sure. I think financial inclusion, financial education, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that money moves. And also from a green perspective, the more we digitalize how we move money, the better ultimately for the planet. And then kind of coming back to interesting news, I don't know whether you picked this up, but Biden's now come out and said, oh, we need to regulate mining because of the... Oh, yeah, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a very good pick. It's it's an interesting one, right? Because obviously a lot of miners moved from China to the U.S. Right. But now the U.S. is coming out and say, hey, we need to do something about regulating mining. And that would be, you know, I think digital money and crypto is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. But when mining itself... Lots of, and, lots and, of energy. Lots of energy, of energy is used on that. Then I think a lot of the advantages are are uh, destroyed by doing mm-hmm. that. So that would be my challenge to the whole crypto community: is how can you make that uh, more 
energy efficient, and now the U.S. is calling for that. So that's good news. That is that's very good news. So personally, who in your personal or your your work life, who has inspired you to become the person you've become? Oh, that's such a great question. So I would I would say in I've had the pleasure to work with a lot of great people that have helped me, have supported me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I couldn't name one person, but what I would say is I, I would I would call out the women in okay. my professional uh, in my professional life. A couple of years ago I got together with two other women and we founded the European Women Payments Network because we EWPN. thought Very yeah, nice EWPN, with Martha. yeah with Martha and mm-hmm. Nadia and and that's been a, a force for good, really focused on diversity, not just female diversity, also saying, oh, you know, if you're the proverbial wild, white, wild, wild and white middle-aged man, you should uh, become an ambassador for diversity Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're not just the problem, you're part of the solution as well. Uh, And I find that a lot of of men actually want to drive more diversity because they understand it doesn't work that way. So I think that... Okay, that's that's good that you... Absolutely, but but I think the problem is, is like understanding that you need to do something about it is different than actually saying, well, this is a really difficult problem. And I don't know how to tackle it. Right. So, you know, I, I think it, it almost requires a bit of vulnerability in the boardroom. Instead of kind of going, look at our diversity report, you oh, know, yeah. we're doing so well, to actually in the boardroom say, geez, this is a difficult topic. Right. I don't think we're doing that well. I don't think we know what the solution is. And kind of showing up a bit vulnerable about the topic Mm -hmm. is going to help that a lot. But going back to the women that have inspired me, you know, um, women at at the top of FIS now, Stephanie Farris, Mm -hmm. um, for example, is a huge inspiration. Uh, Connie Dorostein has been a huge... I love Connie. Connie's amazing, by the way. Absolutely. All you listeners out there, she is... Well, if you met her, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. So, So it's been really... You know that 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 feeling of community that comes from that. But then, you know, this ecosystem payments is such a fantastic it is. Uh, part to be in because ultimately we're just as good as us or as bad as the weakest link in payments. Mm-hmm. So it fosters a very collaborative approach, even when you're each other's competitors. And I, I think that's just a, a fantastic part, uh, something to be part of. And to really, I, f- I also feel like you, imp- we improve people's lives every day. I get to use uh, what <laughs> I develop. I get to use what we process on a personal level, right? right? It, it, you sometimes do become like, you know, when you're the doctor at a... Um, at a drinks party and people go, oh, you know, I've got this little pain in my little uh, thumb. Right. And, I, and people come to me and they're like, you know that ATM at the corner never <laughs> works? And I'm like, yeah, okay. What, what do you want me to do what's, about What's it? the point? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's a fantastic industry to be part of. I agree. Well, Sylvia, thank you for being on Paytech Talk direct from the floor of Money 2020. Thank you for having me. Thanks. You've just been listening to Paytech Talk, the podcast about payments. Today's guest was Sylvia Minstor Puyi. Hey, Tech Talk is brought to you by Cognito Media Amsterdam. Thanks for listening.